Good afternoon and welcome to those listening in London on 980 CFPL, those in Hamilton on 900 CHML, and those in Toronto listening in on 640 Toronto. Appreciate your time as always. Inflation numbers for November released earlier today and it looks like the trend of higher prices, a surprise, surprise, continues. Here's our friend David McDonald, Senior Economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. He joins us now here on Global News Radio. Hey David, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, the annual inflation rate uh, holding steady for the month of November. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So not a big change between October and November. Some slight changes under the surface. Gasoline got slightly cheaper, but that was offset by higher food prices, particularly on vegetables. Um, where actually vegetables had, had been uh, actually a bit of a bright spot on grocery prices, the price of vegetables has actually been down in previous months. Uh, and now we're seeing the, the year comparison. It's slightly up. Uh, but the other big drivers of inflation are all still there. I mean, gasoline is the most important. Uh, home house prices is a big piece of it as well. Um, you know, there is the the new car purchase due to the chip shortage for, for car manufacturing is still there. Uh, and as well, meat prices in general. So those are the big drivers. And there's little change this month compared to last month. All right. Yeah. And it sits around 4.7% inflation. And that marks eight straight months, I believe, David, now that inflation has been above the Bank of Canada's target which is somewhere between 1% to 3%. And we haven't seen the likes of this since way back in 1991. So when or if uh, or can we even expect, do you think, uh, this to ease uh, anytime soon? Well, I think it, it really has to do with those key categories that are really driving up the rate, uh, gas, houses, meat, and cars. Uh, and insofar as we start to see decreases in those areas, we'll probably likely see uh, some decrease in the overall rate just because they're so important in terms of driving that overall rate. Now, the Bank of Canada, as you point out, does target uh, an inflation rate of 1% to 3%, but they actually don't use that headline figure, that 4.7% we're talking about. They have, they have sort of their own figures for this. Um, and, uh, and one of them actually still isn't out of the one, one to three range that the other two are, but the, but one of them isn't. So, uh, in that regard, it doesn't look like the bank of Canada is going to imminently raise interest rates. I mean, that's the big concern. Um, but I think, you know, if rates were to, if, 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 sorry, inflation rates were to remain high, this is something that we might see in the future. We have actually seen gasoline prices come down, uh, or international oil prices, excuse me, come down, uh, in, at the end of November. And so if that's a trend that does stay for a couple months, we'll start to see some easing in the inflation figures. One of the challenges, of course, is that the inflation figures are are year-to-year comparisons. So even if you did see uh, a reduction in the price, say, in a given month, um, that's not necessarily going to pull the inflation figure way down. You've got to wait for a couple months for it to build up in terms of of overcoming the average of the previous 12 months. And so even if we were to see decreases in those areas, uh, we, we wouldn't see them immediately reflected in prices. And then on the other side, uh, you know, there, there are maybe additional pressures that happen um, due to the floods in British Columbia on supply chains, but also in terms of the agricultural impact. Uh, there's a lot of beef farming uh, and meat farming uh, in that area. And so it may well be that that put additional price, additional pressure rather on meat prices in particular that, that are already uh, a fair amount higher in part due to uh, the drought over the course of the summer. And also in part due to the, the high concentration, uh, corporate concentration of who's processing beef in particular in Canada. I mean, there's only three plants really in the country that process all of the beef owned by two companies. Uh, companies' profits in those areas at record highs, um, but uh, that what that means for consumers is, is higher inflation, unfortunately. 
Let me ask you about Omicron, because it's dominated everything in our lives for the past couple of weeks and looks like it will do so for the foreseeable future. Do we know what sort of effect Omicron will have on uh, prices into 2022? Well, it's very hard to tell. I mean, insofar as you have to start shutting down parts of the economy, uh, you know, you could have impact on the on the parts of the economy that are shut down. I mean, food and accommodation has really taken the brunt of this. Um, and so there's a, you know, the portion of the CPI that has to do with uh, food purchased at restaurants, in essence, and, and bar and alcohol sales at restaurants. Um, I mean, the other potential, too, is in terms of uh, supply line challenges insofar as people are self-isolating. And so you've got people that, that can't go to work. And so therefore, the work that needs to be done to move goods uh, or the work that needs to be done to provide services can't be done because there aren't people to do it. Uh, and so that's another potential challenge. Uh, you know, it may be that that will drive up, um, you know, might drive up prices in those areas. Uh, on the other side, we have to remember that the, uh, you know, the main programs that supported workers uh, through the pandemic are over now. Uh, this is the, the CRB in particular for self-employed workers. Um, and so if there were new lockdowns, I mean, there's a potential for using the federal lockdown support, which at present no one is using, uh, which would support workers. Uh, but it's at a much lower rate uh, than you saw for the CERB at the CRB. And so it may be that uh, that the, the workers at the end who might lose hours or jobs out of another lockdown um, might not see the same level of support, wouldn't have the same amount of money in their pockets to go and purchase goods as well. Meantime, Finance Minister Christia Freeland giving a fiscal update from the federal government yesterday. And speaking of Omicron, uh, the uncertainty around the new variant, uh, that's causing a lot of fiscal uncertainty for the federal government, we understand. I mean, it is in the sense that they uh, they are projecting different scenarios. They don't generally do this. Uh, they generally sort of present a scenario. Uh, you know, they presented and rounded to a couple decimal places in the assumption that we know that uh, the finance knows something about the future that the rest of us don't know. Uh, that's not actually the case. I mean, there is obviously, as you go further out, there's more uncertainty than there is, you know, if you're trying to project something for the end of uh, 2022, that's a lot more certain because we're very close to the end of uh, you know, the 21-22 fiscal year. Um, and so you have, in essence, what's an, an expanding cone of uncertainty in terms of how much revenue you're going to take in, how much your expenditures are going to be, and what the deficit's going to be. Uh, that's certainly reflected in this year's uh, budget. I think I think that's a positive move. I mean, frankly, it exists in every budget. I mean, do we really know what the deficit's going to be in 2026-27, um, you know, when the aliens land in 2025? I mean, we, we don't really know. That. I mean, there's, there's a sense of radical uncertainty when it comes to these type of macroeconomic projections. So, so there is certainly uncertainty. Um, I think that it's positive that we're seeing these different scenarios. In the very short term, though, um, what, what was pretty clear is that the inflation figures that we're seeing are driving up revenues for governments um, at much more rapid pace than was originally projected. So we already saw this at the provincial budget level over the course of the fall. I mean, the big provinces all saw major revisions in terms of their deficits, substantially sh- shrinking their deficits because revenues went way up uh, because nominal GDP was way up over the course of the fall um, due to the course due, due to the recovery and, and higher inflation. Uh, and so now we're getting an update on the federal figures. Surprise, surprise, very similar situation there. Um, what that means in the short term uh, in the fiscal year that, that just wrapped up and the one we're, we're getting to the end of, uh, it meant uh, major revisions on the revenue side. So in 2021-22, mm. the fiscal year we're in, 
Uh, the feds are $40 billion better off than they thought they were going to be, which is a fair revision. Sure, um, yeah. And I think that's something, sorry, David, that a lot of families haven't really factored in, right? The fact that inflation and prices going up means that you are paying more when it comes to uh, not only the good that you want, but also you're paying more when it comes to sales tax. And that's, uh, as you just suggest and say, is stuffing uh, government coffers. Yeah, it's on the sales tax side. Uh, it's on the corporate side, uh, so higher profits, uh, and, it, and it's also potentially on the on the uh, income tax side. So as people see some, uh, hopefully see some wage increases, they pay tax on that um, in terms of their wages. Uh, and so the you know the feds in this year brought in an extra forty uh, billion. Uh, they spent thirty uh, in additional new announcements in in this update, most of which is actually on on COVID nineteen measures. I mean, twenty of the thirties on COVID nineteen measures in essence. Um, and so much of it's just going back out the door in an attempt to to increase, uh, you know, testing, ventilation, uh, support for the provinces, vaccination, and that sort of thing. Uh, as this, you know, the final quarter of this year starts. All right. The feds with their fiscal update yesterday. And David, always appreciate a fiscal update from you. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. David McDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.